no better lot. A Surreal Noir by Dime Store Films. Part 2. Guy heads toward what looks like revelry in the town square, at least from his safe distance of his base camp. The whole town appears to be in attendance. An old man presides over a giant tree trunk. It's the same old man who supervised the earlier town square transformation. He presents the tree trunk to the onlooking pack, covered in tally marks carved deep into the wood. In one hand he holds a hatchet, in the other a club. A burly ogre of a man looms behind him, casting him in shadow, playing the role of ringmaster. Gather round, everyone. Come over. Come closer. Now we're on the margins of the margins out here. And just because it seems like everyone else has forgotten us, it makes it that much more important that we don't forget. Now we're all here for different reasons, but the one thing we've got in common is that we're here now. It's been a long time, yes, and another long year. So let's close it out with one last tally. Yay! We all know it's just a drop in the bucket, but it's our fucking bucket. <laughs> Bemis, help us kick it over. The Barker steps aside as Bemis, the bespectacled old man, comes up to the tree trunk to pound in one more marker of a big one. <laughs> yes, sir! Bemis steps out of the limelight and hands the hatchet to the Barker, who hacks off a part of the stump, tosses it into the fire. He gives a holler to the crowd. Come here, boys! And the festivities begin. The townies all swarm the stump, each hacking off a piece and tossing it into the fire. There's a controlled chaos to the ritual, like a hunting pack, wild, but not rioters. There's a relief to the whole thing, a collective sigh. Off to the side of the ceremony is Guy's pal from earlier, the preacher, and a flock of his followers, mostly half-wasted junkies. The preacher gives an impassioned sermon to them through a cobbled-together amplifier. Nothing more than a gramophone horn held in front of his mouth by leather straps that strangle his head. He's trying to grab the attention of the bonfire revelers, just as much as the parishioners in front of him. Look around, you brothers and sisters. This is hell. Now we cannot say we do not deserve a world that crumbles beneath our feet, that rots and wilts when touched. If you cannot see that, then the man next to you has covered your eyes, and he is not your neighbor. He's made you as filthy as his soul. But there is a path to salvation. I can show you the way to wash yourself clean. I can help you find that purity. They Guy stands between the two worlds, watching them both, unsure of who's crazier or where a promising lead may come from. Arnold Dunn from the general store approaches Guy. He stands silently observing the impromptu sermon and taking swigs from a bottle. So what do you think? You in need of saving? It's a cute story, but uh, I know how it ends. Yeah, we do a pretty good job of writing our own endings around here. Well, if that was a taste of it in your shop earlier, it seemed pretty shitty. <laughs> I knew I liked you. You ain't a God-fearing type. 
Me neither. Tell you the truth, I don't know how much of his audience is. I think they just like a free show. <laughs> the dope hounds? Yeah, that's quite a flock. Uh, even shit's got flies, man. <laughs> now, you want to meet some people who know exactly where they are? I got the crowd for you. <laughs> Arnold takes Guy by the shoulder and leads him over to a group of his friends. They're just as filthy as the rest of the town, but with a wilder look in their eyes. The kind of look that puts bad ideas into motion. They pass around a homemade swill, a bottle you'd normally expect to be labeled with a cartoonish XXX. Hey, hey. This here's our new buddy. Be nice, Cheese. I ain't gotta be shit but drunk. What's your name, Guy? Guy'll do. And what do Guy do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What I do know is he thinks the preacher's full of piss and that's a-okay with me. <laughs> you like drinking, Guy? Depends who's pouring. What is he is Taffy's very own creation. Just for friends now. Taffy eagerly holds out a tin cup of brown liquid. Guy swirls it around, unsure. Taffy's eyes grow wide, and a smile creeps across her twisted lips. Guy tosses the drink down his throat, and the gang hoots and hollers as he coughs acid. Arnold slaps Guy in the back. We don't get a lot of new fellas around here, and ones we do. Ain't here. I'll tell you everyone you need to know. Seems you already met Arnie. He's got a big mouth. Yeah, and you got a fat ass. Watch it. The lady with the bathtub brew, that's Taffy. Name's Elmer. Ah, cowboy. Those two are Bert and Curtis. Most people just call me Big Cheese. Good to meet you. What about them? Guy gestures to the gaping mouths watching the preacher as he takes another swig from his cup. The matchheads? No, they ain't people. They was people. What? Can't teach those dogs some new tricks? They already know how to beg. <laughs> <laughs> now, to me, it looks like you got a lot of free labor and empty hands. You know, give them a tool and a task. Maybe that'll give some more honest men a break. What makes you think we need one? And who you calling honest? <laughs> 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 Shit, I'm just talking, all right? I'm, I'm, I met a fella back at the bar. He mentioned you guys were all working on something big, so... Which fella was this now? Cowboy and Taffy exchange a concerned glance. You know, every time I tried to offer a hand, it just hung in the air. You know, I, I could use a job. I already I'm... told you. There's nothing in the way of work. Wish there was. Who's been filling your head with hope? That's cruel. Jittery guy. Where's the reflection for a face? Elmer sneaks a nod to Arnold, then elbows Bert, and they slip away into the mass of people. Oh, right. Well, he's, uh, he's not all there. You know? Got everything backwards. Yeah, sure. Hey, come on, man. You're gonna have the rest of forever to bust your hump working. Right now, this is a shindig. Curtis, show him what you do. Curtis busts out and does himself a little jig. The boys all laugh and cheer. For his big finale, he leans forward with a showman's gesture and pulls a little string that dangles from the brim of his hat. With each tug, the stuffed bird's head on top appears to speak. Thank you. <laughs> Ain't that the best? So how in the hell did you end up here? You know, I was just thinking the same thing about you guys. The boys give Guy a refill of Taffy's hooch and start dancing around him, spinning him and clanking his cup with theirs, prompting another swig. As Guy spins, he catches glimpses of a change. 
His new pals shift from revelrous to purposeful and somewhat menacing. His comfort zone slips past him, and he sinks into drunken confusion, which slips further into concern. Guy notices the shift in his surroundings, but can't do anything to change their course. He's out of control. A role that's unfamiliar, and one he doesn't play well. The celebration blurs and spins as the swill from his cup goes down like molten nails. And out go Guy's lights. Guy's body floats above the ground, drifting forward as he struggles to regain consciousness after being drunk, drugged, or knocked out. It's tough to say, and he's in no state to ask questions. His eyes dot around to soak up as much information as possible. It doesn't matter if he can process it now. He can do that later. His brain's in a tug of war. On one side is the fight to stay alert. The other is the piece of a knockout punch. Guy's able to catch a glimpse of whoever is carrying him. It's his so-called friends from the Jamboree. Let's just dump him outside of town. It's just as easy to walk right back in. He that stupid? Cowboy's right. He couldn't have found shit unless someone's talking. And every asshole in town is stitched up tight. We ain't risking it. The world goes black again. Guy's body is plopped up against the trunk of a large tree and a noose is slipped around his neck. Still in a daze, he can barely get his arms up to fight the process. Elmer overpowers him and ties his hands behind his back. Guy struggles to get out one last plea, a warning or maybe an attempt at tough talk, but the words won't come. Do it! Elmer tugs the other end of the rope, slowly peeling Guy's body from the ground. The noose around Guy's neck tightens and pulls him skyward. The adrenaline douses whatever Mickey he's been slipped and he snaps into consciousness. Wait! 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 His feet leave the earth, suspended by the rope's only point of contact. His throat. He gasps, kicks, tries to plead but can't stop it from happening. The gang watches on, hooting and hollering, as he finally succumbs and goes limp. Big Cheese spits on the ground in insult, marking the deed done. The posse departs, leaving Guy twisting in the wind. The mob sits around Elmer's shack lit by a kerosene lamp. Everything inside is patchwork, made from some hunk of something else. Outside the front door hangs a broken mirror formerly attached to the hand of the skittish gentleman in the bar. Now a warning to anyone with loose lips. They sit in silence and drink, reflecting on the night's deed. I had it under control. You didn't have shit under control. What'd you say? You heard me. There wasn't time for the long play. Well, one time to be quick at the draw, neither. All we had to do was put on some all shucks, mouths and grins. Tap dance a bit, he botches ass right back out of town. You don't know that, though, do you? Well, what I do know is that he's strung up. There's gonna be a trail leading right back to us. How much do you think he knows? He's been here a day. He don't know shit. 
He's been in town for a day. But how long's he been watching? Even if he had been watching, he didn't gather shit. Hell, if you've been watching a change from the tall grass, why would you go knock on the window with your pecker in your hand? Where was he jungled up? Come daylight, we'll toss the town, see if we can find anything. But how long before someone comes looking for him? Guy like that ends up here, ain't got nobody. If he ain't got nobody, then he wouldn't be talking so much. He has plenty of questions, let me tell you. And knew more than we gave him. Taffy's got a point. Whoever he's working for might come asking around. Think he's a company man? Had that smell about him. Yeah, that's the way my dick's leaning. Shit, they'll turn this place into a crater if they come looking. Guy's limp body sways with the breeze, his face eternally frozen in terror. The tree he swings from is an imposing blemish on the landscape, a twisted mess of dead limbs snaking every which way. He's not alone. Dozens of bodies are strung up with him. A laundry line cemetery. <laughs> Guy snaps to life, wriggling like a fish in a line. His struggling shakes the limbs, sending an explosion of energy right down to the roots. The other bodies begin to wake. Some wail, some thrash. Some are still content with their sentence. Guy tries to get a grip on his situation. The rope hasn't killed him, but he's stuck there, his hands bound behind him. He kicks and squirms to free himself to no avail. Settling and rethinking his approach, he locks his eyes with a still figure hanging nearby. Relax your neck. You can fight it, but you ain't gonna win. Just gonna give that rope a motive. Guy looks around, taking in his cellmates for the first time. Some of the hangers are sunbaked, nothing but charred lumps of flesh with wounds scabbed three times over. They are a timeline of his future. His exposure and isolation mount. Sanity collapses. <clears throat> what is this? This is exile for the exiled. You ended up in down doing time cause you didn't make the cut in life. You're strung up here, because even down here, you didn't have the sense to fly right. When do they come for us? <laughs> Did they stuff your ass full of sweets? They're coming to bust you open later. <laughs> this is it. You're here now. So what, that's it? What did you want them to do? They can't kill you. Pretty fresh here. Wait till that rope digs deeper and the sun starts to fry you and that air smells like you what's for dinner. Those wounds are gonna do what wounds do. They'll fill up with decades of this place. The rot, it'll set in. Take over. And you just gonna stay here and moan. That's what you've got to look forward to. The rot. All it needs is a way in. One cut, one little chink in the armor, and the rot will find its way in. It spreads slow, but with no way to clean it, slow, well, is good enough. Guy considers this fate in silence. His supplies are a million miles away. 
and he couldn't feel the rope until just now. Arnold enters the shop with Big Cheese and goes through the oft-repeated motions of opening for the day as they finish up their conversation. Noodle it out. People get sent here to disappear. And if they were overly concerned about what we've been doing, they would have turned this shit heap inside out a long time ago. Can't say the thought ain't crossed my mind, but what if he's just a scout? And there's a whole army on his heels. Well, just keep your claws sharp, your ears up, and we'll be fine. We're too far in to put a rug over it and call it what it ain't, so I say we keep going until someone stops us. Morning, Bemis. Morning. Hey, you're out early. Help you find something? No, I'll manage. Say, Bemis, you noticed the new fellow last night? Did he crawl out of the corn? Don't think so. It's been a spell since we seen a birth. Well, did you have your eyes on it yesterday? Of course. For a while, at least. Nothing changed. It just keeps swaying. The sound is getting worse, though. Well, notice anything ain't the way it's been. You'll let us know now, won't you? I will. Gotta look out for our own now. Bemis continues to dodder down the aisles as Cheese and Ernie make the casual conversation of people waiting to be left alone. Back at the hanging tree, Guy is making fast friends, much to his disappointment. The thought of blending in is long gone. Hey, new guy. Shh, what'd you do? Shh. Shh. The whole population of hangers is like an open-air psych ward. Everyone's yelling and talking over one another. Guy's mind races as he tries to figure his way out of the situation. He finally gives up and returns to the only conversation that seems worth a damn. How long people last up here before they need a bib? Keeping time isn't the easiest task. Isn't the wisest, neither. This tree isn't a holding cell. It's a ticking clock, and the countdown has begun for Guy, which only strengthens his resolve to escape. His struggle with a rope becomes more deliberate, his eyes sharper, more focused. Guy's only ally notices this and smirks. Yeah, that'll pass. What'd you do to end up on the bad side? Guy continues to struggle against the noose and the rope binding his wrists. His commotion only further agitates the tree limbs, which wakes the remaining inmates. <clears throat> Sitting here to poke around. Found a sore spot, I guess. A man on a mission, huh? <laughs> Can't remember the last time we saw that. <laughs> Who sent you to do something that stupid? <laughs> you one of the misters, boys? Hey, Jeffrey. He's too clean. Too woolly. Got all his parts, too. <laughs> a bald hanger, this one nothing but a torso, begins to thrash, recognizing a familiar name. Who's Mr. Jeffrey? It's two, not one. Well, the one you have to worry about is the mister. Not someone you'd want looking for you. Consider yourself lucky you don't know. The mister's got fingers in everything. Well, if the mister didn't send you, and you ain't from around here, then... I know who you's working for. Ooh, you're with... You're with... Someone with a vested interest in the population. Now that's all. People are slipping through the cracks. And I'm supposed to seal them. Seems like the kind of job that wins you favors. If you got something to tell me, I'm listening. 
And as far as you're concerned, I'm the only voice they can hear. So maybe after this, I can speak for both of us. The Brit's eyes grow wide at Guy's proposition. An excited energy swells among the hangars within earshot. Maybe you remember us too. We all got information. I'll tell you all kinds of things, Daddy. <laughs> Make you blush. Make your blood boil. Every eyeball in that tree that isn't swollen over is now fixed on this conversation. Another crazed hanger starts pumping his legs, swinging himself closer to Guy, his mouth foaming. With every pump, the rope rips bits of flesh from his neck. Another is practically convulsing with excitement. I don't want much, nothing unreasonable. I just want to talk to him, explain things. The swinging psychopath works up enough momentum to reach Guy and latch on. He gives an excited cry as the old tree's branches bend and moan. Take me with you. I know you with the mister. Got some of her stash. Got some on you. Let me have it. I'd need it! Another swings over and clings to Guy. He too begins to spout about salvation. Guy begins to panic and thrash to free himself from their grasp, only adding to the chaos. The branches above him begin to give way, fighting a losing battle against the weight of the damned. I, I don't deserve to be here. They know it. If I talk to them, they'll see it. More and more of the hanging prisoners follow his lead and start swinging to cling on to Guy, forming a mid-air cocoon, ensnaring him. They beg, plead, bite, lick, and snarl. Guy struggles to get free, now invisible beneath the piles of flesh enveloping him. Hi! Here is more, Dale! You all deserve this place! Every last one of you! The branch finally buckles under their weight. Guy begins to slip down through the crowd's grasping arms. The earth zooms toward him as the errant branch tracks him downward. He's jerked to a halt by a greedy pair who have managed to get a hold of his feet on the way down. <laughs> oh, we got you now. We saved you. You can't leave without us. <laughs> the rope shreds Guy's neck as he's tossed around by his dim-witted saviors. He's stretched to his limit. The branch that was pulling him to freedom is now just tightening the noose. One by one, others swing over to try and share the credit, grabbing on to Guy. The lunatics pull him in separate directions, tearing his clothes, exposing more flesh, knocking down his last defense against the rot. He's a ragdoll, caught up in a tug of war between rabid dogs. All he can do is close his eyes and wait for his limbs to tear at the seams. Guy plummets. They've turned on each other long enough to lose their grip on their prize. Guy's vision goes black. His lungs violently vomit whatever oxygen they had left on impact. He struggles toward the jagged end of the broken tree limb and works it against the ropes, attempting to saw himself free. He's dazed and hurt and bad. The wound on his neck is festering, but what he now knows is the rot. The crowd above is an out-of-tune orchestra swelling to a helpless crescendo. Guy takes one last look up as the dawn's light paints the sky a fire red. The tree's slithering branches conjure images in Guy's mind. Old Greek myths, a crown of serpents atop a woman's head, a gaze that could kill. But the pain he's in ends the picture show as he hobbles away. The noose lies on the ground, powerless. The only sign he was ever really there.
No Better Lot is an original production of Dime Store Films. Written and directed by Christian Gradelli and Hunter Norris. Narrated by Stan Adams. Performed by Mike Schminke, Brittany Baker, John Mossman, Travis Delgado, Jim Salturos, Christopher Meister, Brian Noonan, Matt Young, Adria Don, Marshall Crawford, Anthony Doberwalski, and Sam Beck. Original score by Abby Rajashaker and Matt Wenzel. Engineered by Brian Bachman. Dialogue and narration engineered by Nick Sherman. Recorded at Decade Music Studio in Chicago. Sound design and mix by Matt Wenzel. Script supervision by Jake Weissman. Casting by Sarah Clark. You can find us on the internet at NoBetterLot.com and DimeStoreFilms.com and on social media at DimeStoreFilms. Films.